0: (laughs) for this day you've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in and by a vowel if we need one so (laughs) praise our lord (laughs) so lord we thank you for what you're going to reveal to us this day from your holy word and we bless you lord in jesus name amen praise god so Today we're going to talk about thanksgiving, uh, the key to God's heart. So thanksgiving is the key to the heart of God. And it is also the key to the supernatural. It's the key to the gifts of God. Uh, It is a a very uh, important key uh, for the kingdom, for access to God's supernatural is provision, of of course, is power. And his heart, his character, uh, all of those come with thanksgiving. Um, The word uh, thank or uh, thanksgiving, that root word, uh, really many of the words that when you look them up in the Bible concordance for thanks are also words for praise. And so thanksgiving is uh, thought to be an act of, uh, of adoration. Now in the highest sense when it's given to God it is uh, an act of worship. Well, Thanksgiving is always a part an act of worship. It means also to kneel or to bless, to humble oneself. So when you think of thanksgiving, it humbles the heart. You really humble your heart whether you're thanking man or God. You know, what you do is you humble yourself to them and then you reveal your heart to that individual. And so thanksgiving then becomes a sacrifice when you think about it. Because it, the word sacrifice really means to slaughter the flesh. So, any action that chips away at your flesh or nails it dead or slaughters it, moves it out of the way, is, has an element of uh, uh, sacrifice on it, and, and then thanksgiving is poured forth out of your heart. If you think about it, many times we want to keep ourselves intact. You know, we have a, an image that we create. Uh, we're all somewhat of a legend in our own mind. You know I don't do this, I don't do that. You know, I that was uh, yesterday when I, we were doing the uh, car wash, I was cooking and I kept getting you know, bugged by people walking through my kitchen. You remember I said my little access way between my table and the cooker. That Was my kitchen, right. so this girl comes up and she just gets off work, you know. And well, um, I said, well, you in my kitchen? She said, Oh, I'm, I'm let me eat at the kitchen, I don't even go in my own kitchen, I want slapper, you know. It's like boom, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and I'm thinking, You eat, don't you? Right. You know, <laughs> and uh, you know, this boasting about lack is foolishness to me people used to boast in their abilities now they they boast in their inabilities you know why make yourself weak and impotent you know i mean is there is there something wonderful about that but anyway that was my my first impression of things to do but i corrected myself <laughs> And I thought, well, you won't mind getting out of here then, will ya? (laughs) Move. Get out of my kitchen. So anyway. (laughs) Is it her? Anyway. (laughs) Yes, I am the pastor. (laughs) Let me pray for you. Anywho. Anywho. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh you know so anyway but uh <laughs> be that as it may but uh you know the uh, humility is is what would reveal of one's heart you know and it's there's that image that people think they're keeping up that's totally made up and false. You know, we're all pretty much the same on the inside. Uh, we, we want the same things. We desire the same things. All humans are pretty much the same. Made in the image of God. <clears throat> we're on a quest for pursuing happiness in this life. Things that make us happy and content. And so in humility, we strip off the, the proud face. We strip off all of that stuff, and and thanksgiving then is able to pour forth out of our hearts and and I think that's very important for us to understand that when we withhold the giving of thanks, there's something unholy about that. You got me? There's something um, uh, dark, and there's something unclean about it because what's what's the harm in revealing? your heart to someone you know what's the harm there and so you'll find in revealing your heart you'll find a lot of kinship fellowship with other individuals you know they get to know you so to speak you get to know them Uh, some people have no problem telling you everything from A to Z some people or you know some people tell you most things they withhold some things but we all have this pride about us to a degree that really needs to get stripped off so that God can get to talk to us heart to heart. And then in doing that, he reveals his heart to us. Whatever we offer up to him, he returns in kind back to us. And so when we offer up thanksgiving to God, <clears throat> then He, when we reveal our heart of gratitude toward him, then he can in turn reveal his heart to us and bless us in ways that we never thought we could be blessed before. And so that word thanksgiving means to kneel, it means to praise, it also means to salute, Uh, give that honor to someone. It means adoration. It also means to congratulate. Thanksgiving is an expression of acclaim. Where you uh, uh, highly esteem someone. The word thanks also means to shout do you remember the young man that uh, Jesus laid hands on and he healed him I think it was that young man who was born blind and he began to leap and shout and praise God the same thing with the man at the gate be- beautiful who was healed he just ran off shouting and praising God those are expressions of thanksgiving It's it's not that often it's pretty rare When you think about it, because what did Jesus say? Remember the ten lepers that were cleansed? You only get 10% people who will show thanks to God. And that's something even after they've received a miracle. I think what happens when people are not thankful and don't express thanksgiving to God, they tend to lose very quickly whatever it is that they've gained from Him. You know, Um, I can remember when that, That uh, I was listening to uh, or reading that scripture about the the 10 and the man that came back and gave thanks received more on top of what he had gotten. You got me? So there was an immediate increase in the measure that Jesus had given him you know whenever God speaks a word over you a blessing that, that blessing is imparted onto your life and when he talked to that man he said your faith has made you whole so he, he not only received the healing but he received wisdom to understand how it happened see when you get the how to and you get the know-how then that empowers you to go out and reproduce it again and so many people have have received healing ministries from god that way they followed jesus after they got healed they continue to follow him and give him thanks and he began to increase what they received and brother hagen was like that he was healed as a as a young boy and he went on to have a healing ministry and a faith ministry and ministry and understanding and teaching faith and so these <clears throat> impartations a blessing if they are held in high esteem through thanksgiving they will increase and multiply in a person's life uh, when God healed me very early in my walk with him my thought was whatever I can do to repay God I want to do that and so When you, when something's been imparted to you and you continue with that person that imparted it, that means you're eager for more, you're anxious for more. So Thanksgiving really opens your heart up to them in such a way that they see your heart and they can fill your heart with more of themselves. And that's one of the blessings. That's why I say Thanksgiving is the key to God's heart because if you will thank Him for what you know, or just thank him, period, because he's God, you know, just offer that up, uh, be grateful uh, every opportunity God gives you to serve, you serve, you have to follow up with action. It just can't be words folks let's let's get beyond that now we need to understand that as believers, our actions speak more than our words sometimes. <clears throat> we know also that faith is an action, and faith requires that we act on what we say we believe. And so when God gives us uh, a blessing and we're thankful for it, it automatically uh, uh, releases us into a higher level of obedience to him because if he imparts part of himself to you what are you going to do with that you can keep it to yourself so he imparts it for two reasons one that it would bless our life and change us and the other it would bless humanity if it's ministered out of we still have a mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every believer and so the more active we are with what God gives us and the more we put it to use the more he will bless us as we are thankful for what he's given us the word uh, thanksgiving we said means to shout as the young man after he was healed and in the 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 one of the definitions said to shout as the voice of singers or as a choir of singers So, what that means is not uh, just one yelp out, but a continual course of shouting and (laughs) praising God. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And so it, it's a voice of many voices, and it has that kind of an impact spiritually. Thanksgiving does. In other words, if if you're in your, your private time and you're just sitting there meditating on the word or you're talking to God and you begin to thank him and bless him, it comes across from you as a chorus or a choir of singers would be. So it makes it pleasant to his ear. It multiplies and reverberates. It's not just one voice anymore. It's a multitude of voices, spiritually speaking. It also means to hold out one's hand, as in surrender. So thanksgiving also is a form of surrender. To thank also means to confess. So it's a verbal thing that you do. And in confess what we're doing is we are saying what's on our heart. Confession is really saying what's on your heart. It means to hold one in reverence. and to worship now the Greek word for thanksgiving is the same word for Eucharist it's uh, E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T-A Eucharista and the the prefix you, E-U means good and charis means gift so thanksgiving really is saying that you are, are giving God a good gift he in turn gives you one you can never offer anything to god that he doesn't increase multiply and give back to you so whatever thanksgiving we give to god multiplies and comes back to us Amen. it comes back to us in the way that god sees what we need And so that's the beauty of it. You can be thanking God for doing one thing and he turns around and does something else and increases it. You know, he does something wonderful in your life because you've offered that up to him. It means to be grateful. That word also means to say grace at a meal. It also means the grateful language of God. The language of God is full of thanksgiving. That word also means to be well favored. So when you speak thanksgiving to God, it means that God is well favored in your eyes. That you look up to him in high esteem. And it also means that he increases that favor back into your life and whatever you give to him he increases and sends back to you that word also means the divine influence on the heart the word that we interpret as grace is the divine influence on the the heart and this is where the change happens it's amazing how when you can be thankful to God he increases it back to you with his essence his spirit, and his power back into your heart. I dare you. I bet you can't thank God just one time. Right. He, it, it repeats itself. It, you know, he he catches on to your heart and he increases that thankfulness because it does something for you down here on earth. It opens doors for you down here on earth. And that's why he increases it in us. If he can just get that seed of thanksgiving out of our mouths, that sacrifice, and we can break through our flesh long enough to say father i thank you for whatever it is thank you lord for blessing us thank you for helping me and in, in continuing to bring me health and wholeness and soundness those kinds of things and thanking him for for opportunities that he's given you you know thank him for for whatever it is just god i just want to sit here and thank you i was thinking about how good you are to me and and over the years how you've taken care of me and my family my children my parents you know everybody in my household is saved that you know i i got a chance to see both parents saved before they left the earth all the family members actually who are gone i am no doubts about them whatsoever, and that's because God gave me understanding of His intention to save everybody, you know. And the devil tries to get you to let go of it like he does everything else, but if you can hold on through thanksgiving, continue to thank God for these things, you'll be able to see them and get reassurance about them. And so, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, you know, the Bible says that. So, we become gifted with God's grace when we give him thanks he begins to reveal and impart his heart to us he says you know he'll he'll come you'll come into his presence with thanksgiving and then all of a sudden you'll get like a peace or reassurance about whatever it is that you've been wrestling about wrestling over it's much better to break that cycle of worry and give God thanks and to sit there and try to grab another stupid idea for how to get out of your Trouble, yes. Amen. Amen. I think if we would thank Him more, we'd get in less trouble. You know, we just He would just order our steps. He would reveal His heart to us in a great way, and so it's it's a good thing to give thanks to Him because in Thanksgiving are so many things that we need in life. It's the 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 main key uh, to revealing the heart of God it's the main key uh, to get God's attention and his presence in our situation Uh, thanksgiving being a form of praise allows God to come into our midst and dwell there and that's what you want you want to say thanksgiving sets up a habitation for God sets up a dwelling place it's like a welcome mat for him you know I, I I think when people Thank you for certain things that's kind of a welcoming. It's like a, a say, oh, you know, they, they, I'm okay with them. You got me. It's, there's a peace that settles in there. In Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 7, I'll go there. The Thanksgiving offering was associated with a peace offering so the thanksgiving brings peace between you and god you got me it's it's a peace it lets god know that you accept him as god uh, lets him know you have peace with him uh there, there there's no animosity there's nothing see when we withhold thanks that that's a grudge there you see, there's something not right. Uh, I got something against you. you. You know, that kind of thing. There's a grudginess there. And a begrudging of giving of thanks. And we don't do it. Many times, people people have come out of poverty through thanksgiving. They just have. By being thankful for, you know, if somebody shows you kindness. Or she, you know, I, I, uh, um, sometimes when you work among poor, disadvantaged people, or people who are down on their "quote unquote" luck, so to speak, or you know they've had a hard time or something, there's such an anger and a tension around people when when there's lack, and they tend to get a little hypercritical about. You know, what's being offered to them. You know, sometimes you'll see it. And and God showed me this many years ago. He said, your job is not to judge people according to their reaction to what. You got me? Because you'll get it from saints and sinners alike, you know. But there's uh, um, something there where the enemy... Uh, works hard with people to get them to withhold Thanksgiving, especially when they need to release it. We were uh, when we were passing out bread at, at the uh, in Cleveland, where we you know collect bread for a month and take it over to a um, high-rise apartment building, and some of the people come out and. Oh, well, this looks good. And then some people, well, I don't like this and I don't like that, you know, real hard to please. And so the people who can just accept it, be grateful, whether they show it to you or they show it to God or whatever, whatever, tend to have a better opportunity of not having that lack and that need forever than people who are ungrateful. They they get kind of stuck in that. They don't know how to come out of it. And they withhold the the simple things that they can do do and give in order to pull themselves out see anybody can pull themselves out of poverty through Thanksgiving because God can give you increase give you a job give you all those things it's been proven over and over again people have when they're starting churches oftentimes there'll be a a family that somebody's out of work and then the the family will volunteer to come in and clean the church when nobody's there you know i will come in and we'll clean and we'll make sure everything pretty soon they're back employed again You you got me because the thankfulness that they have to god to give them an opportunity will tend to increase and multiply god's influence on their heart pretty soon wisdom comes in pretty soon an open door comes in pretty soon an opportunity for education comes in all of those things will come because when we show god thanks he cannot ignore it and pretend like we didn't do that so, yeah and for some people it's more of a sacrifice than it is for others or so they think oftentimes when people get beyond the handout stage and are able to take care of themselves they show little gratitude by helping others you know sometimes it's like the uh the you know person that finally quit smoking you know now they want to kill all the smokers all of a sudden you know that kind of thing or uh, you know somebody that you know uh, i weigh 600 pounds now i'm 120 and they're on everybody get to the gym (laughs) you know know, uh, that kind of thing it's just what they have in them is an animosity toward their former self that they can't get over you know they can't forgive themselves for having been weak and now they're strong they need to get into thanksgiving for where they are now and forget the former things you know if they can put that in the past and leave it there it would be the best thing for them and so thanksgiving is the same way we we need to continually show thanks for to God for just basic things that we have or just be thankful to God period that we know him that he's revealed himself to us as God God you're the one who's behind these things now I understand I have understanding now I didn't understand this before but I understand it now that, that there and you don't have to have a reason to thank God this isn't a reasoning it's not a mental thing it's a spiritual thing so sometimes when you know you need to connect to the goodness of God if you're having a discouraging day and you just want to connect with peace and goodness you go to God in thanksgiving and offer up that offering of thanksgiving so in Leviticus 7 starting in verse 11 it says this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings which he shall offer unto the Lord. If he offer it for a thanksgiving. So a thanksgiving offering. Also brought peace. Between you and God. There was a peace that was released there. In the thanksgiving. So thanksgiving then. Brings to us a sense of friendship. And kinship with God. It brings a sense of friendship. And kinship with God peace meaning that there's no separation between us anymore he's our father we're his child and it's all good thanksgiving being we want his presence to remain with us we want to remain in the presence of God by the giving of thanks when we do give thanks in that way and we make peace between us and God then it's up to God to invite us in for more and he will bless us he will reveal his heart to us he will give us a a sense of he, he, he wants to hear what we have to say further he's all ears we have his attention we're not afraid to express what we feel or what we need or what we desire to him When you're in an atmosphere of peace, it makes it all very easy to do. And that thanksgiving it's easy, uh everything else is easy because that peace has been established between us and god and and that's the best thing you know it's I can remember being nervous about asking my parents for things as a kid, and it's the worst feeling because you don't know if you're going to get it, you don't know if they're going to be mad at you because you need it, or and when we go to God in Thanksgiving, none of that's there and all the animosity has gone the fear has gone there, there's nothing there but love and an assurance that he is uh we're close to his heart he loves us and he's willing to do whatever it is that we request of him and so that's a far far better place to be than being in a place of doubting being a place of Uncertainty, all that kind of stuff. So when we go to Him in Thanksgiving, uh, the covenant that we have with Him is is very evident. You know, it's very evident that He's waiting for us to make that transaction, uh, where we can express what we desire and we can await His assurance. Then a further peace that He has heard us and that He is going to do what it is He asks us to do. And it's a great thing. It really, really is. So Thanksgiving makes all that happen. Folks, it's just that simple. It, these things are so simple. And we wonder why we're so reluctant to get involved in them, you know, and and reluctant and withhold them sometimes because we just you know want to be us i guess i don't know what it is but you know that pride wants to you know a little facade that we keep up you know it's like you know when you come into the throne room it's time to as i say sometimes take the eyelashes off take the wig off take the you know whatever whatever is is holding you together just let it all hang out and get get before god and, and uh, bear it out and, and just talk to him Uh, because he loves us just the way we are born again (laughs) of the spirit of God See, and uh, so that's that's our access to the throne room but thanksgiving really uh, because we reveal ourselves to God allows him then to reveal something about himself to us so it makes peace and we see it in Leviticus 7 it made peace at the altar of God so, Thanksgiving, and our hearts when we express it to God makes peace on the altar of our hearts, and then we're able to have dealings with God where we can expect good things. Hmm? Second Timothy three two talks about unholiness and ingratitude, and these were um, uh, um, things that that we are redeemed from and that we're free from as believers now that we're blood washed and uh, righteous before God by the blood of Jesus then we're able to access him in a holy manner and not as unholy people anymore and so and uh, what did I say it was 2nd Timothy let me see 3 okay he says in the last times, perilous, last days perilous times shall come. We talked about this some um, yesterday about uh, how we're in an atmosphere now in this land of um, uh, unholiness and uncleanness and unthankfulness. You know people are boasters uh, in themselves calling good evil evil good etc. etc. He says men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy so you see unthankful is linked in with all of the negative personality forces of the human being without god when you when you have a heart of thanksgiving it's because your heart has been circumcised it's been softened by the holy spirit but just as the holy spirit softens it we can get stiff and withstand it again and not let it you know how people don't want things to go too far we don't want to we want to revere, reserve something for ourselves in case we might need it one day you know like (laughs) I used to watch um, uh, what was I think it was Wheel of Fortune I would watch it with my late husband sometimes we had our little TV at the dinner table you know we'd say our grace first and then he'd go watch his television because that's what he liked to do so I decided not to fight him on it so but but we always watch little game shows at dinner time you know and stuff like that and so um he would we would watch Wheel of Fortune and people would get the free spin you know and so he, w- my husband back in the day before we were saved was a gambler and he had a gambler's mentality kind of thing. He won a lot of money when he gambled, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he was no slob at it, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> but some people have those. Ideas in their mind that you know why you know if you're taking a risk don't risk too much and all that kind of stuff, and so um, they said oh you got a free spin they pick it up and then the, you know the turn would come again said, you want to use your free spin and they said no hold on to it and then my husband would go that's right stupid take it home with you <laughs> and they usually wound up with the free spin at the end of the show never used it you know what I'm saying I mean. <laughs> The best time to use it is immediately when you get it, you know what I'm saying, kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, how did I get onto that? I'm not sure where we were. But, anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, so, yeah, sometimes we just don't like to uh, reveal ourselves, you know. They just wanted to hold on to that thing in pride, you know, and not want to let go of it. You know, like, ah oh, my free span, I'm going to use it one day. Well, it's no good except for the next Fifteen minutes on the stupid show, you know, but you still want to hold on to it in case you need it for something else, you know. So, and I think that's where the way we are with with humbling ourselves—we want to hold on to pride and and uh, hold back something from God just in case we're going to need it one day, you know. Like when, and the things that we can give to God, we can only give on this side of heaven. Right. When you get to heaven, it's going to be all said and done. You'll you'll get a you'll get a a, a receipt for what you. do down here and hopefully you're on the the plus side with your receipt, but if you withhold from God, what have you done? You haven't done yourself any good. there's nothing that you can can save from here. you know God demonstrated that so many times with with the different things that he gave to the children of Israel uh, you know if they manna was to be gathered every day. If you tried to save it for overnight, it got rotten. It looked wonderful when you were picking it, but just overnight holding on to it and withholding it so that you could maybe have something that you could have control over and it was it would stink and it would you know and god didn't even want it you understand what i'm saying god was showing you he didn't really want it but you need to learn how to give freely to him and give everything over to him so that he can continue to he can bless you fully the way he wants to so it's it's not a good relationship when somebody's withholding something. You know, if you're in a marriage uh, and your spouse doesn't want to uh, cooperate in certain things, they just want to keep that same attitude all the time. It can be very frustrating, you know, to have to deal with people who are withholders. And so God's not a withholder, so he's trying to teach his children how to be just like him. He's trying to teach us how to be people who are givers. The giving of thanks, the releasing of, of our withholding from, from us and giving it over to him is something that's a good practice for us because it yields such great benefits in our lives. So many times when we, we withhold from God, we're really withholding from ourselves. We think that we're, we're doing it for a good reason, but we're re- really withholding from ourselves. So we went over that about unthankfulness and unholiness when we show God thanks we do it first in expressing and then in laying down our lives to be used by him so that's the ultimate expression of thanksgiving is laying down whatever you had in mind to do and allow God to lead you and what he has for you that's servanthood then would be the ultimate expression of thanksgiving Now you notice servants don't uh, pick their own jobs that they do. They do what the master requires. Servants don't pick their days off. That they, you know, you don't make up your own schedule. You have to make yourself available um, because God has to have free reign. Imagine you have all these children all over the world who are crying out to you for things all the time, and you can only use family members to meet those needs. And so, God has to be able to have free reign over the lives of all of His children in order for His kingdom to work. I remember Brother Summerall sharing the story about his conversation with God when he was 80 years old and uh, God had given him that um, uh, ministry to feed the hungry I remember and he said he was praying and God showed him a uh, kept telling him the word Hercules and he couldn't figure out what it was till he mentioned it to someone they said oh that's one of those huge Airplanes, you know, and they hollow it out almost of everything and it transports, um, uh, you know, anything they want to transport. And he was going to be able to transport food through that, so God had to find one for him and everything. And so, Brother Summerall initially felt that it was at his age, it was not. Beneficial for him to start a new ministry. You know, he says, he told God, he said, Do you know how old I am? You know, that kind of. <laughs> and God told him, Yeah, you're old enough for me just to be able to begin to trust you. And he questioned him extensively. He said, Well, can't, why can't you give it to some younger man to do? And he, can you try brother so and so? And, you know, he's a good man. And, you know, he's giving God advice, you know and God told him this he said I gave it to younger men to, to do this ministry but they stole the money he said I feel like I can trust you and so Brother Summerall accepted you know what I'm saying he just, You know, these are the things that we don't understand why God why it takes sometimes so long for prayers to be answered why it takes so long sometimes God's got to find people to do these things folks he got to find servants. And when I say servants, I don't mean people who just want to do it at their convenience. That's not a servant. That's a boss. You know, they're really bossing their lives around and don't realize what it really means to serve. You know, what it really means to serve. So everybody has this illusion of giving a big sacrifice to God. But trust me, we haven't scratched the surface yet. We really haven't. We have not scratched the surface yet. And so God then when we when we humble ourselves and release to God then God can in turn uh, allow us to to, uh, be blessed with his presence his power whatever we need to carry out the job he provides for it uh, with no holding back um, no cutting corners whatever it is that's necessary for the job we can depend on God to do it And in the midst of difficulty, continue to thank God. When things seem to be going south, you thank God. Because this keeps his presence there and it uh, opens us up to be able to receive his influence in our hearts. And that's what we really want. You want God's word in your heart. You want God's power in there. You want God's ability in there. And so then he begins to grace us with his power and to carry out the job that we're called to do. So in Deuteronomy <clears throat> chapter 8, we're talking about humility and thanksgiving. Uh, when we humble ourselves, that kind of goes hand in hand. Thank you, Jesus. In Deuteronomy 8 chapter 2, it says, And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, number one, to humble you. God takes away your control in order to humble you he has you release he says he led you in the wilderness he leads you to humble you and to prove you whether you'll do what he tells you to do or not because you can say you obey God but we'll all know when he gives you something to do won't we And he says, humble you and to prove you to know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his laws or not. So God tests us in the wilderness. In conditions where we can't call the shots, where it's not as pleasant for us. He puts us in very restricted ability. To prove us whether we'll do what he says or not. Now you can all say you love God, and you can all say, "Oh, I'm just anxious for God to tell me what to do," but once He does something, are you still joyful, or does your face drop? Huh? Get a little crestfallen. Well, I thought God would call me to do this and that and the other, but He's got me doing this over here. And <laughs> a friend who <laughs> I have a friend who's a minister. And uh, she wanted to come to the conference. And I said, well, I said, you know, come to conference. I said, and, and, you know, you pay your way like everybody else. Oh, they pay their way. I said, well, you think money grows on trees or something? <laughs> All the people, I said, we don't have salaries to pay workers. We are the workers. You know, this is how this is how we roll. And, uh, you know, and, and she's wondering, well, well, okay. Um, so I told her, I said, well, I said, if, you, if, you, if we give you a job while you're at the conference, I said, you won't have to pay for food and everything. She had the hardest time just accepting, you know, just ushering. You know, and I, I didn't ask her to do any real work. You know, we say usher just to see what they'll do. You know, uh, go put on a nice dress and stand at the door and say hi to people. And that's pretty much all it is. And, and you know, it's one of those jobs for people who really don't want to work, but you want to see if they're sincere or not. And uh, she was highly offended at that. But doesn't preach. She's never had an open door much for preaching. She preached very, very little. And she's always asking me, how do I get my ministry started? She's been doing this for 25 years. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it could have started many times. You know, but how are you going to be a minister and have a meeting when you can't pick up a chair and arrange them so that people, I mean, you don't even have basic hospitality desire inside of you. So in the Bible says, if you want to be an overseer, you have to first be given the hospitality. You got to be willing to have people come in, make them comfortable enough so that they can hear what you have to say. And so that's just basic you know Uh, but you know many people can't get the idea of what they think ministry is out of their heads long enough for God to teach them anything you know or train them to do anything and so this is this is where it's 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 done it's done in proving Lord uh, folks God has to prove us whether in that proving may go on for a long time. you may think you're you're ready to be promoted already, but you're still improving, and even in the promotion, you're still improving you know and people are being proven every day is to you know if you give. If you get so much more money to manage, are you still going to be faithful with that? You know, that kind of thing. So that's where when your name gets known and then all of a sudden the government's investigating you. And you're nervous all day wondering if that's going to diminish the crowd. Because if you lose 10% of your crowd, you're going to go into debt immediately. And so we're being proven all the time, folks. Whether you we will do what God tells us to do or not and so we 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 need to understand uh that god wants to know whether we're going to continue serving him even though there's lack it's just like a marriage for better or for worse Like Job said, can't I receive good and bad at the hand of God? I mean, there's rain out there. It's going to rain on everybody. You got me? And so we, we need to understand that God is the author of all things in our lives. And sometimes the things that we think are so harsh may be the most blessed times that we had in the Lord. You know, sometimes you need to sit down and quit running around and doing so much for God and get to know God. Up for real, though, y'all, it's hmm? the truth. Sure, there are many people out here running around preaching good sermons and, you know, all this kind of stuff and don't really know God. You know, they know him in the same superficial sense they knew him when they first got launched and haven't really checked in relationship-wise since then. So when we, many times when we suffer lack, we have to be, depend more on God. And God puts us in these situations to see if we will continue to give thanks. Continue to offer him into our lives. Continue to have a heart softened to him and trust him. We need to give God thanks for being and not doing. For being God to us. And not for what he does for us. Because he loves us for being and not doing. Got me? He just loves us. He can't help himself but love us. So the humble heart gives thanksgiving to God. And also receives the gifts of God. Isn't that wonderful? When we go into his presence. He gives us presents. We got that... was one of our one of our conferences the prophecy about uh, being in his presence, the bling, yeah, that he brings. So, and so it's it's they we get both. You no, know? now people preach legal stuff like, well, you should want his presence, not his presence. You know that kind of. Stuff. You get them both. You got me. You get them both. Amen. Amen. Huh. When I was married, if I got nice to my husband, he knew his pockets was going to get a lot lighter after the Amen. after the Amen. transaction Amen. Hey. Amen. Amen. uh-huh said, I gave you all my money uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and it was fun too, huh. <laughs> <Amen. laughs> You make nice, you want something. I don't know if it's right or it's wrong. You judge. No, don't judge me. Right. Let God be my judge. When men make nice, they want something. That's right. True. True. I ain't the only one. Huh? No. You get a lot sweeter to people when you yeah. when there's lack in your life and you <laughs> you kidding me? Humble yourselves real quick. Yes. Yes. The wise person will stay humble. Yes. Amen. The unwise one puts on that pride after they get what they want. Right. Got yeah. me? Yeah. So, you, anywho. <laughs> Alright, in Luke 15, we have an example. I, I'm, let me go over to, uh, while we're in the Old Testament, I'll show you this one in uh, 1 Samuel 13. <clears throat> It's about King David, and I just always like uh, his connection with God. It was never broken for very long, even through his difficulties and trials on a higher level. You know, when you're being tried and, and you don't have much at risk, sometimes it's a little easy to pass the test, but when there's a lot at stake, sometimes it gets a little more difficult for people. shouldn't, but sometimes it does. And um, in 1 Samuel 13, let me see if I want to, <sighs> yeah, now uh, this, this is um, talking about King Saul and Samuel is the prophet in Israel and uh, King Saul needed Samuel uh, because that was his connection to God. Got me. Uh, it was that way. It's always that way. There's always ministers that work for God that, off, you know, are, are priests as well, and they are able to bring you answers from God. They're able to help you uh, with your life in God. And so Saul was busy doing what he felt was was his job as king, and it wasn't pleasing to God. There were some things that Saul did that he used his own judgment instead of following the instructions that God gave him. And so in verse 14 there it says, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. This is Samuel giving the bad news to Saul. It says, for the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. So Saul's biggest problem was that he was not after the heart of God. He was after what he wanted to do. He didn't see himself as God's representative to the people and God's instrument as an instrument in God's hands to bless and do good but he instead saw himself as someone who was kind of reluctant resistant to God and and not really God's servant You got to see yourself as a servant of God in order to please God. You can't see yourself as somebody's got a bunch of bright ideas and you know, you're just waiting for God to recognize you so you can get up there and tell everybody, you know, what your ideas are. And that's kind of the way Saul was. Saul was a man pleaser because he would listen to what the people said they wanted and would try to appease them with what belonged to God. When they uh, uh, <clears throat> won the uh, war and instead of doing what God said to do with the spoils of the war, he decided to divide them among the people. And he was unable then to carry out what God wanted him to do because he was so involved in what all this other stuff that he was hearing, all these other voices. And so many times, lack of thankfulness. Hardens your heart and it dulls your ears to the voice of wisdom, so you don't really understand when God's speaking to you and what He's saying. And this is a real big problem with people. You hear a bunch of God told me's out there, many of them don't even sound reasonable, nor do they sound rational, or that they are coming from the mouth of somebody that has all wisdom. And all knowledge. And seldom are they, do they come to pass and then are they carried out. And so that's the kind of king Saul was. And so God had to remove him. And he says, if you would just pursue my heart if you would just be thankful to me and listen to what i tell you and follow through on it when i express instructions to you that's coming from my heart as to what i see needs to be done and if i'm revealing my heart to you i expect you to respond in kind you got me and so when god when we violate that knowledge of god when we know his will And we don't follow through on it. It's a a shame and an embarrassment to God that he even revealed that to us and we thought so little of it. You got me? And so for, for God to really share what's on his mind and what's in his heart with people is a great honor. I mean to me. It just seems like it's a great honor that we would be privy to that kind of understanding and that kind of information, and we need to follow through on it, show the God show God we appreciate it by following through on it he says, now your kingdom shall not continue. God cut him off. I mean, sometimes you don't get many chances to mess up with God. And like it was under the old covenant, they didn't. And I think it's true even now. You know, you'll see, I see people waiting for a long time sometimes to be able to do just small things, uh, you know, under God's power. And you can see that there's not enough people ministering under the power of the Holy Spirit around. So it must not be that easy and cheap to come by and so he says your kingdom shall not continue god sought him a man after his own heart and guess who that man is it's king david now it's david has to his credit i think it's 78 psalms he's written that are documented his creation it's thought that almost another third of the psalms that are left over are his as well. Either given uh, to by him to another singer or another musician or in some way created by him. David uh, was after God's heart because he pursued God through thanksgiving and through praise. All of the psalms are psalms of thanksgiving. Whether they have the word thank in them or not, they express a thanksgiving to God versus Saul who was proud, jealous, and rebellious against God. That was Saul's undoing. In 1 Samuel 18 and 19 we see examples of Saul's hatred, eventual hate, hatred for David, and then his dependency on David to minister to him and so many times the person that you try to destroy is the one god will lead you to for prayer or ministry or something like that it's happened to me many times in my life i'm sure with you there are people co-workers that talk about you persecute you but then when something goes wrong they want to come and ask you for prayer because they you know they know uh, what you stand for so david came along later and ministered to Saul when he was troubled in his spirit and in his mind. And so an evil spirit came upon Saul and God allowed it because Saul had disobeyed him. You know, God wants to help us. But if we're if we don't stand in obedience he can chase us all around with his goodness but he'll never stay to us because we're constantly fighting him in our rebellion and our disobedience and so it was very very hard for God to do anything with Saul as a leader so the best he could do was offer him some relief from his torment from time to time uh, through the ministry of David but when you pursue God's heart then God is able to put many gifts and many abilities in your hand so David acquired through his thanksgiving to God he acquired an anointing and a ministry of deliverance through his ministry through his music and that's what made him so attractive I think to the nation of Israel he was someone who was humble before God. He didn't mind praising God in front of people. He joined in with the congregation and singing to God and led singing to God. And he was very, very uh, formidable in, in developing the worship that came from the nation of Israel. And so God a- appealing to God was very, very important to him throughout his entire lifetime. So uh, as a young man even he was powerful in God because through thanksgiving God had given him many supernatural gifts. Uh, David said I fought the lion and the bear and he told these testimonies about uh, a lion coming to steal one of the sheep and, and God gave him supernatural power and he was able to, to rip it in half you know as though it was just a, a small animal or something and so there were many many gifts offered to david and bestowed upon his life because of his life of thanksgiving to god these things came through just pursuing the heart of god it's amazing because we always think of God blessing us because we study a lot or we pray a lot or we do this a lot or we do that a lot. None of which we do and none of which we are going to do. But we think it requires so much. But really what it's required is your heart. The condition of your heart is so important to God uh, in these things. So David had a powerful ministry of deliverance of those who were weary and you can see that this is something true of worship leaders period and it should be true of them that they should have that gift of deliverance not of an emotional change in people but of really the presence of God and the anointing of God to deliver a soul from torment Is, is very present and very available to people uh, who minister in music and so if you, you keep your heart thankful to God he'll pour out more of that kind of thing to you and, it, and it's a wonderful thing um, so we did that, that was King David, the prodigal son in Luke 15 we'll talk about him for a minute one of his problems you know sometimes we try and analyze these things and Oh, what was what was the problem with this kid, you know? And <laughs> what was the thing? And uh, I think part of it is um, unthankfulness, led to an unholy living in his life. On Luke chapter fifteen and verse, I think around verse twelve, <clears throat> verse eleven. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto him his living. So here we have a young man who has an understanding that he has an inheritance. He's got something coming to him. Something good coming to him. And so in that, though, there's a lack of of understanding or maybe a lack of appreciation in what this means see now we as believers have an inheritance in God we know that God has uh, blessed us we're born again we're sons and daughters of God we're entitled uh, to uh uh claim certain things we're entitled to claim whatever it is I guess we see in the word, where we can read the word and and uh get an impression of what God wants to do for us, but most of us don't really understand when it's coming, how it's coming, how much is coming, how often it's coming, so we're pretty much in the same. Boat as this young man, and we do some of the same things. We make demands. We get angry because we don't have it all yet, or we are looking for it and it's not showed up yet. All that kind of thing. We, we goes through your mind, and so in in in, and and sometimes we can press God until we get things ahead of time. You got me, where He doesn't shut the door to it. We just go and. Find somebody who will, you know, you sign on the dotted line, you do a lot of things that are not led by God, not wise in God, and we think it's because we're, you know, we're supposed to have things. There's a great anxiety sometimes over inheritance, there's a great manipulation uh... over inheritance i think god is very gracious to us in revealing his will to us i mean this is this is all of what he's left to his children but there are many people earthly parents aren't so stupid as to let the kids know the contents of the will before they, everybody's left guessing lest somebody want to uh... inherit before their due season or before their time And so this young man comes up to the father and demands his inheritance right now. In other words, I'm not waiting for the father to say I'm of age, I'm of wisdom, it's the right time. It's not the right time, but I'm going to take what I want and go do what I want to do with it. I don't want the father's governance over me, anything like that so he in in when he when he came back this is how the father described him uh When he was talking to the elder son. Remember the elder son came in and so forth and so on. And verse 28 and it says he was angry. And he wouldn't go in and join in in the party for the younger son. And he came therefore the older father came out and spoke to him. And he answered saying to his father all these years I've been with you and served you. I've not broken any commandment. In other words I've been the good kid in the house you never made a party for me you never did any, did any of this stuff for me he said but as soon as your, this one came home the no good son he squandered he doesn't deserve it in other words he says if anybody deserves a party I deserve it he doesn't deserve anything huh? because he's done the wrong thing and he, and the father said to this. He said, "Son, verse thirty-one. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours." He said, "But it was a good thing. It was right for us to have a party for your son because your brother was dead. Hmm. And he's alive again. He was lost. So he, the son, the younger son, was dead in his trespasses and his sins, and he was lost from his inheritance." this was a condition of his heart folks and the father knew this all along that this boy didn't he doesn't have it in him he doesn't know he doesn't know how to value anything and I would believe that this kid was very unthankful and ungrateful for everything that the father had done because he didn't value it see thanksgiving will change the condition of our hearts All this kid had to do was appreciate, say he appreciated, and act like he appreciated what the Father was doing for him. That's all he needed to do were simple acts of thanksgiving. And it would have saved him from all of this grief, all of this suffering, and all of this torment. That's why parents, when you're, when your kids are small, you think of thank, you teach them to say thank you. You teach them to say please. You teach them not to be demanding, not to take from anybody, not, and how, teach them how to share, teach them how to consider other. You teach them these, these basic things. If they are cultivated in us, put us in a good place to receive from God. Because that's your connection to the heart of God is thanksgiving. It's always, it's lifting up, it's praising, it's never criticizing, it's never putting down, it's never fault finding, it's never picking apart. That will not get you to God's heart. But what will get you to God's heart are these very simple acts of thanksgiving. Why? Because they strip, it's an offering, it's a sacrifice, it strips you of who you think you are. And who you're trying to be and gets you down to who you really are and where you really live. And that's where you can touch God. You can't touch God with, with pride. You can't touch, you can only touch him in a humble situation and with a humble heart. And so when we humble ourselves to God and we begin to lift him up and not ourselves, put him on high, not you. Make him Lord and you servant make him teacher and you student make him master and you servant then we are are able to you that's the right relationship to have with him and we're in line to have the proper response from him and that is he will reveal something of himself to us he will share something that's essential see that that god ingredient is so important for us to have success in life There's a key to success for everything that we want to accomplish in this earth. And it starts with thanksgiving to God. It cannot be accomplished without that right relationship to God. And so when we come to him, we come to him in thanksgiving and adoration An expectation that he will impart something of his nature, his character, whatever it is we desire, impart something of that nature to us. And then it leaves a blessing for us. It also creates a a relationship with us where we kind of tend to understand God more and we know what we can expect from him. We expect certain responses from God. We expect certain gifts from God. We expect certain empowerments from God. All because we humble ourselves and give thanks. The Bible says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives gifts to the humble. He imparts himself to the humble. That's what grace is. It's the impartation of his influence on your heart. You begin to see people like God sees them. You begin to think about people the way God thinks about them. Your thoughts become pure and holy toward everybody. And you're not angry like Saul was. Jealous, angry, uh, fearful. All of those things that come to us through ingratitude will not be a part of us anymore because we've humbled ourselves to him. So the prodigal was found He got found through his lack, through his going and and living life the way he wanted to live, and realizing that that's not what it's cracked up to be. Amen. And that's how we all get found, don't we? We get out there, we live life like we I've always wanted to do this, and I've always and we get out there and we see that it's a hard life, it's not pleasant. And we long to be in a place where there's peace, security, there's safety, there's provision. All of those things are there in that place, and that's why we come to the Lord to begin with, so that we can experience all of those things. So it's a good thing to keep in mind that God has that he has that and even so much more for us, but it all comes through thanksgiving. You, you can't, um, and, 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 and humbling yourself to one another, love one another the way God wants us to love one another. It's good to be thankful to people, you know. People do things for you, you show them gratitude. You know, when I say show, I mean seek to please. Got me. Not just, you know, take time to find out what people like. You know, sometimes I'll I'll get a a gift from somebody and they say, "Well, I couldn't think of what you liked." I asked so and so and so, and you can see they went through trouble to find out how to please. There's nothing wrong with that. You got me? There's everything right with that. Find out what you can do to please. For instance, you know, people will when I uh, come here and I'm unloading and everything, and people will say, "Well, can I help you with this?" And I say, "Well, I think I got it all, and I got it, and I got it." And some people will will make sure that everything's unloaded and then they're peaceful that it, everything's been taken care of those those things are, are, are thanksgiving offerings people because you're concerned that they don't have to trouble themselves too much to get their job done when i ask people to to do certain things and and you know they they are quick to do them that allows me an opportunity to free my mind up so that i don't have to keep going back did you do this did you do that it wears people out and see that's a sign of ingratitude you got me when when you don't respond quickly when something because you want to put it on your time see that's a pride thing you want it on your schedule so it's easy for you instead of making it easy for the person who has to be accountable for all this work to do and so that's part of growing up folks is, is in maturing is understanding what it means to be thankful and what it means to show thanksgiving and what it means to show love and what it means to show gratitude to people these things must be done if we're going to please God. You can't please God any other way. And so if if, if the road gets hard for you at some point, sit back and think, God, where, where am I positioned in my home, in my relationships, in my church, in my fellowship? What am, where am I positioned? And what is the expectation of me in that position? And how am I doing handling it? i do that i'm just because i'm in charge of everything it doesn't mean i assume i do everything right you got me i have to be accountable to god god if this isn't right if this isn't the isn't the way we need to go you let me know so you know i'll turn around and go back the other way some things i know it's just the devil hindering and i have to plow through that and find out where god is because i know i heard from him at the beginning if he wants to drop some people out and do something different that's fine but we're going to go through with this you got me and accomplish it and so these are things that you, you get to understand from God as you work with him but there is a place where making yourself available to God and making yourself the servant of humanity is pleasing to him because that's what his son did Jesus came here for all of humanity he obeyed the father but he was an offering and he was a sacrifice for all of humanity when we talk about going into all the world and preaching the gospel that's what God wants us to do now all the world may be nice hotels and big auditoriums or it might be little huts and you know no hot and cold running anything and so when you sign up for that job you have to take on all of the aspects of it you know the good and the bad and be thankful in all of them see Many times people think they take small engagements at the beginning and then they'll grow to where they don't have to do it anymore. And that's wrong. See, That's always wrong. We always think of success and prosperity as not having to do certain things that way anymore. But that's wrong. That's wrong. We should be available to go wherever God tells us to go and do whatever he tells us to do. And not crab about it. Not balk at it not withhold because pretty soon you'll withhold so much your heart'll get hard you won't even care if you please God anymore and that's that's not a good place for anybody to be and so this this thanksgiving folks is the key to God's heart and i think if we'll we'll do more of it and we'll uh, attempt to show God that we're thankful uh... in ways that we see where it makes life easier for somebody else always makes life easy for some don't make it hard for you know you don't need attention anymore you you know you you got enough when you hollered uh... until you were old enough to feed yourself and your mother stuck a bottle in your mouth every time you hollered that was enough attention that should be enough for any human being you know what we're beyond the screaming baby stage now And we're going on to maturity in God. And we'll get there if we'll allow God to be who he is and always lift him up through thanksgiving show gratitude to him and to humanity folks to his people because people are very important to god and that pleases him well amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for the opportunity to listen to your word and to hear wisdom from heaven lord the things that we need to know so that we can continue to grow in you continue to move on to maturity in you continue to be blessed Continue to be uh, uh, have you as our God and our maker and our creator. And we're so thankful for that, Father. And we lift you up and we bless you and we praise you for being with us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up.